Hello and welcome to Hari Cuts. I'm Hari Stephen Kumar and this is The Long View, week four. Yes, that's right. Today is Wednesday, October 7th, exactly four weeks to go till election day in the election of our lifetimes, an election that has already begun. There are people lining up to vote early in several states, including Ohio, and people have already been voting by mail in several other states, including Wisconsin. And so what I'm doing in my podcast in this series, The Long View, every week, counting down till election day, I bring you stories from on the ground, stories of everyday people just like me who are volunteering our hearts out to try to defeat Trump in this election. And this week, oh my goodness, what a week, a week that feels like a year. And uh, of course, so this is the week that um, we find out that uh, the president, Trump, has covid and uh, and so it's it's been quite an eventful week. It's so what I thought I would do this week in this week's episode is actually tell you a little bit about my week, um, share with you a little bit about life for me as a volunteer and as a uh, a full time employee at a at a tech company outside Boston, and as a single father, and as a person living alone trying to figure out life in the middle of this pandemic while our president makes light of COVID. So I'm going to give you in this episode a little bit of a difference from previous episodes, a little bit of an analysis as well about the situation, at least from my perspective, as just an everyday person. So without further ado, let's get into week four. Oniva. So first, a little bit about what my week was like, and also kind of a taste of a week in the life of, and if my kids are listening to this sometime in the future, ah, kids, this was what was going on on that eventful week. So let me begin last Wednesday, shortly after I recorded my last podcast, which was right after the debate, which now feels like, oh my goodness, at least three lifetimes ago. I remember that Wednesday feeling uh, fairly traumatized um, and at work uh, really kind of struggling to to be present in, in many of my meetings and feeling a little bit shell-shocked and talking to a friend of mine uh, after work and and, and, and and he said that he had he'd been experiencing that and he'd, he'd uh, heard that from other people as well, this, this expression, feeling shell-shocked. That evening, Wednesday evening, 6.30, I uh, uh, joined a phone bank for Wisconsin, as I usually do Wednesday evening. Um, and I did a training for phone bankers as we were calling in to, uh, to recruit poll workers and poll observers to protect the vote in Wisconsin. Around about 8 o'clock that evening or so, I ended up on a call recruiting my, my friend uh, uh, to uh, join in and do some trainings himself for a phone bank in Florida. And then I doom scrolled till midnight. That was Wednesday night. Thursday, uh, on Thursdays, what I do is I go to my kids' house, and uh, my my kids are are young. They're you know ten years old, eight years old, and six years old, and they are in Zoom school. Um, and so on Thursdays, I go and I, I hang out with them and help help them out while they're in Zoom school. Um, and so, of course, last Thursday when I go out there, it's the second week of being in Zoom school. The kids are are having a tough time with this whole Zoom meta, you know thing going on with school. Um, and what happened last week on Thursday is that the internet went out at my kids' house. 
And so uh, there I am trying to troubleshoot the internet, trying to come up with contingency plans and communicating with the teachers that my kids, some of my kids are not going to be in Zoom. Some of my other kids are actually quite thrilled that the internet was out. So we actually ended up playing uh, and I actually couldn't get work done because I was trying to uh, help my kids out and trying to fix the internet and figure out this whole uh, doom scrolling thing. Thursday, I get back home fairly late. Um, there was another phone bank going on Thursday evening, but I was so glad that we, I had two uh, awesome trainers, Nancy and Nimath, doing the Thursday training. So that Thursday, last Thursday night, was the first Thursday where I could actually not worry about doing the training. Uh, and yet, I continued doom scrolling anyway, um, and I go to bed Thursday night. Friday morning, I wake up around about maybe four o'clock, five o'clock or so, having difficulty sleeping. And I see the news that Trump has COVID. And I felt this just, this giddiness, this delight, this joy, this, this sheer glee um, at this asshole getting COVID. And so I spend most of the day Friday morning uh, scrolling through, getting as much of the news as possible. And right about seven o'clock in the morning, I get a text from my daughter. Uh, and this text is the cover image for this episode uh, on, on Spotify as well as on, as on Instagram. And in this text message, my daughter, Anna, texts me and says, hi, it's Anna. And I text her back saying, ahoy, Anna. And she texts me saying in capitals, all capitals, Trump has COVID, exclamation. And in that moment, I thought about what should I say in response to my 10-year-old daughter telling me that the president of the United States has COVID. And I thought, well, I should probably say something a lot like, oh, yeah, I know. Isn't that serious? Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible news. And I was like, no, this is my 10-year-old daughter. She's maybe listening to this in the future right now. And in that moment, I was like, I've got to be honest with her. I've got to let her know exactly how I feel. And so I texted back in capitals, yay, with exclamation marks. <laughs> and I felt pretty proud of myself as a parent <laughs> for telling my daughter that I am actually excited and ec ecstatic that our president has covid so sure enough, uh, I, I get on the phone with her. We FaceTime. She actually takes a picture of me. That picture is also the cover image for this episode on Spotify and on Instagram. She takes a picture of me because I, for the life of me, cannot keep a straight face. As she's asking me, what do I think? I'm just giggling and snickering and smirking. And I just cannot stop. I, I try to seriously say, yeah, you know, actually, we shouldn't we should be worried about our president. <laughs> And I can't, I can't even say it now. I can't even say it in a straight face. Um, and so, so uh, sure enough, the conversation uh, with my daughter and with my ex and my other two kids turns to, could it possibly be a hoax? Um, and I rattle off the three or four reasons why it can't possibly be a hoax. And I'm going to get into that a little bit when we get to the analysis. The rest of the day, that day, I'm having a hard time paying attention at work because I'm ex for exactly the opposite reason from Wednesday. I'm actually feeling quite excited. Um, 
And as, as we get through the whole day Friday, by Friday evening, Trump ends up in hospital. The rest of the weekend, I have my kids visiting me the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, uh, and I'm uh, celebrating with them. I treat them to pizza and to, and to chocolate. Uh, we have a great time telling stories and playing games while I'm <laughs> scrolling through the news. Sunday morning, my kids leave. I end up actually volunteering on Sunday uh, to staff the voter assistance hotline for Wisconsin. So Sunday morning, I spend four hours on the hotline uh, fielding calls from voters in Wisconsin who have questions about their their ballot. Um, I, I give them information based on the training I've received on Wisconsin election law. And then Wednesday afternoon, I jump on another phone bank uh, and training people to do phone calls on Wednesday afternoon. Oh, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, and Sunday evening, right after that phone bank, I check the news and I see that Trump has decided to take a joyride in his SUV outside of the hospital to greet some of his idiot supporters who are, you know, maskless and they're waving, you know, MAGA flags and so on. And he tweets, tweets out this messaging around how he's beating COVID and he says, don't be scared. Don't let it dominate you. And I feel this, this, this rage at this asshole trying to take his sickness and making it about himself and making himself look like some kind of strong man, just like Jair Bolsonaro did in, in Brazil. So this guy is modeling himself after tin pot third world dictators. Um, and, and so I go to bed with that rage on, on Sunday evening. And one of the things that sticks with me is that he's beginning to say things like, it's just like a flu. The flu is actually worse than this. It's no big deal and so on. And that evening on the phone bank, as I was training people on calling Wisconsin, I actually ran into a voter in Wisconsin, an older woman who told us on the phone that she is undecided. She does not want to vote for Trump, but she's not sure about Biden either. And she thinks that COVID is also just like a flu. Uh, and so she is supportive of what Trump is saying about getting a vaccine out sooner and so on. And, and, and she's you know, mad about masks and so on. And so that <laughs> got me even more dispirited. So I go to bed Sunday evening feeling pretty down. Monday, um, I go to work. It's a full day of work. And while I'm working, I'm also feeling depressed, scrolling through the news um, and and realizing that I need to go to the doctor myself. Uh, I, I need to get a flu shot because the flu season is coming around and I've had COVID. I don't want to catch COVID again. I certainly don't want to catch the flu and catch the COVID. So I go get a flu shot and there's a little bit of worry as I'm in the doctor's office about uh, some muscle aches that I'm having and possible blood clots. So the doctor has me do blood work just to check to see if I, if I have blood clots. And I'm thinking to myself, this is what we have to deal with, with COVID. It's such an, such an unknown disease. There's so many ripple effects and side effects, neurological uh, damage, blood clots, pulmonary damage, organ damage all across the body, scarring of various different organs. And this asshole is out there Monday evening getting discharged, quote-unquote, in his helicopter and being flown to the White House uh, and going up to the balcony and and making a grand show of taking his mask off and all those kinds of things. 
<clears throat> but Monday evening, I jump on another phone bank. I'm training phone bank volunteers on how to phone bank into Wisconsin to recruit poll workers for our voter protection phone bank. The mood is upbeat. The people are committed. They are disgusted, just as I am, about Trump's all brouhaha. And we get on the phones and we call and we recruit enough poll workers that evening, Monday evening, to open up a polling station in Wisconsin. Go to bed Monday evening, doom scrolling till midnight, wake up Tuesday, and Trump is on a steroid rage. He is tweeting up a storm. He is canceling the stimulus negotiations. Um, he is, and, and his enablers are now on TV saying things like, well, you know, Trump has defeated COVID. He is man enough to to be sick with COVID and get better. What's Joe Biden doing? Ah, Joe Biden is a sissy. Joe should get COVID. Ah, ha, ha. And so, of course, this sort of toxic masculinity, this bullying comes around. And that brings me to today, Wednesday, one week later, and this roller coaster ride that we've been in. Uh, yesterday evening, I did another phone bank, trained a bunch of people on, a, on yet another phone bank call, calling into Wisconsin. And today, right after this, I'm going to do one more phone bank. So that's been my week. Four different phone banks that I've been training, getting on the voter assistance hotline, trying to take care of stuff at work and trying to pay, you know, stay focused at, on various different work projects, trying to take care of my kids, one of whom sprained, sprained his ankle and I had to go take him to the doctor, trying to take care of, of my own health and worried about whether there are blood clots in my body based on COVID. Um, and meanwhile, dealing with the narcissistic abuse and the trauma of our uh, dictator wannabe president. So what does this all mean? So that's one week in my in my life. Let me now switch gears a little bit and do a little, at least share share with you for what it's worth, my analysis and my reflections on on how I feel four weeks out from the election of our lifetimes. And so as I'm thinking about this past week, and I'm thinking about it from a few different dimensions. First, just for me personally, you know, having recovered from COVID and and uh, really still worried about COVID, hearing the president and seeing the news about all the different side effects of COVID, all the different kinds of things that could possibly go wrong with COVID, brought me back to being sick with COVID myself, and seeing him. Uh, surrounded by the best doctors, uh, <laughs> you know that that anybody could could hope to have access to, um, being whisked away by a helicopter uh, uh, at a moment's uh, you know notice, a helicopter standing by in his backyard to take him to the hospital, uh, and then when he comes back, he's actually in the White House with a uh, the equivalent of a community hospital right there in in the White House with him. And I'm thinking about how when I had COVID, <laughs> I was alone. Uh, the nearest hospital for me was 30 minutes away by drive. And my doctor advised me, he said, if you begin to feel short of breath, don't wait for an ambulance to come. They are taking way too long. Uh, get in the car and drive and just hope that you get in the car and drive uh, early enough that you can make it to the hospital before you run out of breath. And... And the, the fear, the, the terrifying 
prospect of dying alone or struggling to breathe or crashing my car on my way to the hospital while I'm stuck inside with a deadly virus uh, in my body. The, 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 the sheer terror of that moment came flooding back to me. Um, and and feeling that, that sense of just rage at this asshole making light of uh, this, this thing, given every single advantage he has. Um, so that's, that was one of the things that was, that was running through my mind. Um, and then feeling also that so many people that I know who are struggling with uh, with being isolated, um, in, myself, I'll just keep this to myself personally, uh, feeling isolated, feeling like I haven't been able to get to know my neighbors because of COVID. Um, you know, I've just moved here and I'm a very social person and feeling so disconnected from a community because of the worries around COVID. Um, feeling like there's so many things that I want to uh, take my kids to. So now I'm thinking about myself as a, as a single dad uh, and struggling as a single dad to to manage time with my kids and to find things to do with my kids and feeling like these past eight, nine months has been even harder to build a relationship with my kids around things to do and to, to take them out and seeing how scared they are uh, when we are out in public with uh, with people around and really worrying about the impact this has on their social socialization and social abilities. Um, and then thinking about for myself at work, uh, for the past eight, nine months, and the enormous pressure that, that I am under, along with so many other co-workers at work, to, to have to work from home and to, to produce high-quality material uh, and, 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 you know, mentally block away the pandemic and the political storm that we are in um, and, and just try to function uh, as, quote-unquote, productive workers under uh, severe stress <laughs> and with such family pressures and fears and anxieties around health. Um, um, and, and, and then meanwhile, thinking that this asshole is, is cutting benefits, is, is actually sinking the economy even further. Uh, and then thinking about as a volunteer, uh, uh, you know, helping people phone bank and the struggles of, of trying to organize trainings over Zoom and helping, uh, you know, uh, people try to get familiar with, with technology to make these phone calls over Zoom and juggling their computers and, and, and seeing, you know, uh, older people or tech-challenged people really be confused and struggling with all the, the various pieces of, of um, the website and the phone and trying to talk to people in Wisconsin, doing all of this remotely, uh, and, and the effect that I'm seeing even uh, among volunteers as we're gathering to do these phone banks and seeing the, the anxiety and the stress uh, for us as volunteers and, uh, and, and the, the pressures we're under with each other uh, as volunteers to, to, to work together and collaborate <laughs> outside of our normal work lives and, and family lives and so on. On top of that, having friends text me uh, and and ask me, uh, can we believe this? Is this a hoax? Could it, could he be lying? Oh, this is some kind of grand plan. And I'm thinking to myself, no, what's going on here? And, and this is what I told my kids and what I told my friends too is that, you know, on Friday, yeah, I was happy and I was giddy. And is it possible that I'm going to find out that this was all a hoax? Is it possible that, that it's going to turn out that he's actually going to somehow masterfully make this into some huge triumph and he's going to win after all? Yeah, that's entirely possible. But in that moment, I'm going to take my moment of glee. 
there are reasons why there's no way that he would have actually chosen to uh, put on a show about catching COVID because he wants to be seen as a strong man and, and getting sick. He We know that he doesn't see getting sick as actually being a sign of strength. He sees it as a sign of weakness and he, there's no way he wants to associate that with his brand. And so, of course, it's 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 obvious that now having had COVID, he's going to try to minimize, uh, minimize it and, uh, <laughs> you know, contradictorily, he's going to maximize how heroic he's been in, in destroying this disease, which apparently isn't that big of a disease to begin with. Um, so those are the reasons to, 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 to believe this. But the other thing is that even the fact that we have to even ask ourselves, could he be possibly lying about this? Could he be possibly making this a huge hoax to try to make it a, a, a grand scheme to win the election? That tells us how much this asshole has infected us with his gaslighting. Uh, and how traumatized we are. This is narcissistic abuse. We've gotten sucked into this narcissist's reality to the extent that we are beginning to try to think like him and wonder, could this all be a narcissist's game? And having been caught into the traps of narcissists before, I know a thing or two about how narcissists weave this this entirely self-centered totally fictitious world around them and everybody around them then has to play into that world and there's this constant feeling when you're around a narcissist there's this constant feeling of uncertainty on what to believe you just never have the the stability uh, of of assuming that the, you can take what the narcissist is saying at face value. There's always this layer of deception under a narcissist, and there's this always this this unsettling feeling of not believing anything around you, and that's gaslighting. That's what narcissists do, and so this feeling then of here we are four weeks out and feeling this combined effects of. This, this trauma from narcissistic abuse at a national level as a citizen in this country and feeling this this deep visceral rage at the just the the unfairness the the blatant lying the blatant immoral um you know charade going on not just by him but by people around him seeing them do this and that combines to this overall effect of just utter exhaustion tired of this, literally sick and tired of this asshole. And that's how I feel four weeks out. And right after this, I'm about to jump on yet another phone bank and train more people to call into Wisconsin and recruit poll workers and recruit poll observers and protect the vote because we still have four more weeks of this tiring, sickening, maddening bullshit to deal with. But we are all working on getting this asshole out four weeks from now. And so on that note, friends, let's stay dangerous. Let's stay human. And let's stay together. Oniva. Onward.